For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 202 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we've got answers to Star Wars questions this week. And um, we're going to hear from you guys, as we always do, because you guys are rad. You always send us in voicemails and emails. and We're going to have a good old time. Um, before we jump into all that, We'll do a quick business. Uh, I have some emergency business to give you guys. So, as you may or may not know, we have a Patreon where if you enjoy the show, you can support us and get bonus podcasts. Um, I got an email from Patreon saying that some users on their service are experiencing issues with their RSS feeds. So they're not, like, their RSS feeds aren't updating. So, like, new shows aren't showing up and stuff. Um, So far, I've had two people, our buddy Aaron Boyd and Keith, reach out and say that their RSS feeds weren't working. Uh, Aaron was able to get his working again by deleting the the feed from his podcatcher and re-adding it. Um, So if you're having that problem, give that a shot. And see if that fixes it for you. Um, On the other hand, Keith tried that and it did not work. So, supposedly Patreon is on the issue. And they're trying to get get it straightened out. Um, But just, you know, be aware if if your RSS feed for the Patreon stuff isn't updating. Might be because of whatever issue they're having. And uh, you should at least give that that one uh, strategy a shot but otherwise if uh, you want to support the podcast you can check out our patreon patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast we have a variety of different um, bonus podcasts on there with different topics different guests and guest hosts we just posted uh, the newest episode of Masters of Harvest Kasi, 
with King Tom, and we had a special guest this time. It's a whole lot of fun. You guys should check it out. And, of course, we got Cooking with Will, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Blue Harvest Adventures, which is a ton of fun, um, and Jaws, and we got new stuff coming. New stuff in the, uh, in the uh, oven, cooking. Pipeline, baking up. Mm-hmm, sizzling. So check it out if you're into that sort of thing and you want to support our show. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, where we uh, stink up the joint. We're like the, uh, the Shishtavanian Wolfman in the cantina. You're like, oh, look at all these fucking cool aliens. Is that a goddamn werewolf? We're that goddamn werewolf. And uh, the other cooler aliens. Now this is podcasting. Steel Wars. The Sith List. Rogue One. Podcasts like Podcast 2187. uh, Tarkin's Top Shelf. Idiots Array, First Order Transmissions, The Cargo Hold, and Tatooine Sons. So check those out if you need some more (coughs) Star Wars podcasting content in your life. They all do an excellent job, and there's a nice variety going on there. So, How's your week been, Uh, buddy? It's been good. I have a question about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Okay. I read somewhere that... Your experience was going to be restrained to four hours, and that at the end of that four hours, stormtroopers would personally escort you out of that area of the park. So, when your four hours was up, you know, this was a question we had uh, a few weeks back when we were talking about reservations for Galaxy's Edge opening up. That is not for the life of the park, the four hours. For the first couple of months, I think through June, you were able to reserve a time slot for Galaxy's Edge. And they were in four-hour chunks. So you could get like, I don't know, an an 8 to 12 time slot. And the question we had was, oh, well, when your four hours is up, like, how are they going to, like, how are they going to get you out of the park, right? Like, um. And our buddy Chris Willis actually messaged me, and I meant to bring it up on the show last week, but I forgot. He messaged me, um, and he was the first one to clue me in on the article, but apparently there's going to be a wristband system. So if you're in you know, the morning four-hour group, you'll have a certain wristband to let the park uh, employees know when your time is up. And yeah, when your time's up, they said they'll incorporate the stormtroopers to escort you out, which I got to be honest, if you're going to have to get escorted out of Star Wars land, that's a pretty cool way to go about it. Yeah, that is cool. And But that's not for, like I said, that's not forever. That's just during this first like opening period when you were able to reserve that time slot deal. Um, so I, I imagine it's going to be you know they're they're trying to keep the crowds manageable they're trying to keep 
you know, people <laughs> from just flooding the park. That's part of the the reservation deal, you know. And you know, obviously we don't know how it's it's working yet because uh, it's not open, but I think it's a pretty solid idea if it works correctly, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully, you know, it all goes fairly smoothly. Um, but they did say in the article I read, they did say they were going to make allowances and, and stuff for like, let's say, you know, you get in line during your four hour um, time slot and the Falcon ride goes down for maintenance, which does happen at parks, um, especially with like new rides and stuff. They said they're going to, they're not going to be overly strict with that sort of thing. They're still going to give you your opportunity to ride the ride and stuff. Right. Which is good to hear because, you know, that would be a bummer. If you're there for four hours and don't even get to ride the, the one Star Wars ride, that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. So. <clears throat> that's what. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just got to. Now I'm just. Wondering when I'm going to make my way over to the edge of the galaxy. It's going to be cool whenever you do. Yeah, it is going to be cool. I just don't know. Like, obviously, we're not going during the reservation period. And with both both of the rides not being open initially, you know, Flight of the Falcon, I believe is what it's called, is is going to be open. But the Rise of the Resistance ride... Um, is coming a little later and like I feel like if I'm going to pay the money to go to Disney and the hassle of going to Disney and fighting the crowd I would at least want to wait until both rides are available that makes sense but I'm also impatient so who knows because Disney is a fight it's a fight you fight everything Disney World is not so much like that but Disneyland is Really, I I thought I don't know, man. I you, I kind of thought felt like Disneyland wasn't that bad when we went. Well, I mean, just like getting through the crowd, everything yeah. is so packed. Yeah, I mean Even that is true. Navigating the small spaces in between spaces. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely true, but I don't know. I feel like. Previous to going to Disneyland last year when we did, the park that the, you know, my most recent uh, park experience to that was Universal in Orlando the year before. Now, granted, that was during like Star Wars Celebration, which also also felt during like spring break for certain parts of the country and stuff. And but it was very busy when we went damn yeah i still enjoyed it though like long as i'm you know at the park getting on some rides and having a good time seeing some cool shit like it doesn't bother me a whole lot but you know i know we're also talking about a much different situation with like a a newly opened galaxy's edge too right so um but yeah, I'll, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, we're just a uh, not not long now until we start hearing people's first impressions and stuff of Galaxy's Edge, and uh, I think that's going to be neat to hear and exciting. Like, 
can't wait to hear what people think about it and see like YouTube videos of it and stuff. That'll be amazing. Fucking pro Jared's take on. Oh, wow. Bum, Wow. What a douche. That's the best way to ruin anything. Put pro Jared in it. Have pro yeah. Jared involved. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Why? Yeah, man. <laughs> I know everybody. We, I mean, we talked about this before we started recording. I know, like, it's the one that's definitely getting the more attention is the, the James Charles YouTube drama. The one that got my attention more was the pro Jared YouTube drama because obviously that falls more in line with my interest. He was like a video game guy. And I do say was because I think that dumb bastard's career. That pretty much wraps that up. Yep. We can uh, call that a close. We can call that career closed. And rightfully so. All right. So, you know, last week we were talking about... Um, the upcoming slate of Star Wars movies starting in 2022. Yeah. And the big question was like, who's going to be heading up that first Star Wars movie in 2022? And um, I feel like for a few months now, Jason over at Making Star Wars has been reporting that he's heard that um, Benioff and Weiss, the Game of Thrones guys, uh, were first up to bat and that theirs was going to be the first one up. And I saw a news article today that said that that was the case. Yes, it was confirmed this week by Bob Iger himself. I still, like we talked about it on Rogue One this week and like I didn't have a chance to really figure out like what the occasion was that he was talking about this. Like I don't think it was an investors meeting or or what, but uh, he confirmed that the Star Wars movie in 2022 is indeed being headed up by those two dudes. So now we know. Um, and much like an episode of Lost, it answers answers a question, but raises a whole bunch of other questions. With a hundred other questions. A hundred other questions. Like, uh, does that mean you know, the movie in 24 and 26 are the other two movies of their trilogy. Does that mean that they're going to be trading off with Ryan Johnson and that his first movie will be in 24? Uh, you know, there's the, we know who's doing that 2022 movie, um, at least writing it, because that's the other thing. These guys are writing, not directing. Um, so we'll see still lots of questions, but now we know at least what our next, um, live action star Wars after the rise of Skywalker is going to be. Yeah. Um, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know they're on it. And, uh, interesting, like. Sometimes Star Wars has some interesting fucking timing because that shit came out literally a day or two after huge discourse broke out about the quality of this last season of Game of Thrones that's currently airing. 
Um, I was about to say, and I guess I read another article, but I wasn't going to bring it up, about people are really upset with this last episode of Game of Thrones, which sparked a whole people upset with this last season of Game of Thrones thing. Yeah, that's definitely the case. They, they are definitely upset. There's definitely some discussion going on about it and like you know there was this in the middle of this people uh, disney's like oh by the way those guys they're doing the next star wars y'all yeah like oh that's just awful timing awful timing yeah it'll be uh there's this funny video of peter dinklage apparently talking shade Oh really? Uh huh. I've seen, I've seen one of uh, Amelia Clark appearing to talk some shit, but you never know. Like, was she trying to talk shit, or does it right. just appear it's so well hidden? It was does, no. Does it appear she was talking shit now that we know where the show is going? You know, so it's hard to say for sure. But like in retrospect. It kind of looked like she was talking shit. <laughs> what? Can, what? Can, how do you feel about all of it? Being uh, a Game of Thrones fan, I'm not gonna really get into it. I'll say this: like, I am not new to the being somewhat disappointed with Game of Thrones crowd. Like, I have not been as as invested in Game of Thrones as I was once for a couple years now. Um, and I am by no means stoked with this season so far. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't feel like going on and on about it. Like, there's so much out there, and I feel like other people have way better points of view on where they're fucking up on this and yeah i, I mean um, I, yeah i get that i also don't want to shit on anybody's parade like if you're right. really digging game of thrones right now then i don't want to be the dude like being like you're wrong it's bad so <laughs> um maybe one maybe eventually i'm also trying to give them and i think part of the part of the issue is that he hasn't ended the books right like right. uh Old G R R Martin, George R R Martin, <laughs> old G R R. There's so many letters in there. I had to make sure I got them. So, all. what I'll say, and this they is, had to end something that he hasn't ended. So, I mean, I guess right. And you know the the talking point on that has always been, and this has kind of been my uh, my answer to when somebody wants to discuss game of thrones and like i'm legitimately trying to not be a dick about it and like ruin anybody's good time but my talking point is so you know they've always said that he sort of laid out the end of the story in broad strokes for them right so i imagine that if the final two books ever do come out there will be, you know, many similar plot points, you know, in the end of this story. But to me, personally, it has become clear that what makes Game of Thrones enjoyable for me is not the broad strokes. It's all the details in between those broad strokes. 
And so that's personally the minutia. Yeah. That's personally where I feel it's falling short and is, is losing me. But like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on it too much because people in my personal because life. Because I'm stoked about these guys doing Star Wars. You know. I don't know if it's them. You know, I don't know what the problem is. If if there even is a problem. Again, I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher, so have no dog in this fight. Right. Alrighty. But yeah. There's who they're who do who's doing um the next Star Wars. And I did not realize this. This was just something that came up. Um, did you know one of those dudes, one of the Game of Thrones guys? Did you know what one of his previous writing credits is? No. Wolverine Origins. Oh, really? That's unfortunate. So the other thing that came out uh, during this press conference, or what? Whatever the fuck this was that Bob Iger was doing where he was talking about Star Wars was that he mentioned that there's at least, at least one more live-action Star Wars series in development for Disney+. Plus. Wow. That's slated for release um, in between now and 2022. That's amazing news. <laughs> yeah, man. You know... Like we were talking about last week, I'm bummed that there's a three-year wait in between episode nine and um, whatever that next movie is. And regardless of how I feel about this um, latest season of Game of Thrones, I'm going to give them a fair shot with Star Wars. Like I said, like I'm in for Star Wars and I'm down for Star Wars until they give me a reason not to be. And that hasn't happened yet, you know? I've right. not seen a Star Wars movie I don't like yet. Um, but <clears throat> I feel like, I still feel like we're going to get at least a once a year big live action Star Wars event now. You know, um, we're getting what is presumably the first season of The Mandalorian this year. Uh, I didn't realize it, but apparently Doug Chang um you know concept artist extraordinaire he did a lot of the work on the prequels and stuff right apparently he was telling people at star wars celebration that he's working on the second season of the mandalorian so it looks like that show is going to continue past its first season or at least they have plans for it too right now and then uh, i believe the cassian andor series begins filming sometime this fall and you know that will be out next year, so we have that to look forward to. And then uh, I would guess that whatever this third series is will be out the year after that, along with further seasons of The Mandalorian. So even though we don't have the big Star Wars theater experience, I, I still think we'll have a nice big event, a big live-action Star Wars event to get excited for. You think The Mandalorian is going to go on and on, like multiple seasons? I mean, if they're working on a second season, then that sounds like they're planning for at least two. I would imagine that they would want to have, you know, the Marvel stuff so far appears to be all miniseries based, you know? 
like yeah. the Loki miniseries and the Wanda and the Vision miniseries and uh, Bucky and uh, Winter Sol or Winter Soldier and the Falcon miniseries, like and. Because of that, I think most people are assuming that Star Wars was going to go the same route, but I don't know why Disney wouldn't want to have a, some sort of continuing series, you know, in both franchises. Right. Like, both in Marvel and um, in Star Wars. So, if I had to guess, I would think the Cassian show is meant to be a mini series. One, you know there's a limited amount of time you can have Diego Luna playing Cassian before Rogue One, right? Right. And two, I don't know that Diego Luna wants to do a yearly TV series because that dude, right. you know, he, he like, it's a really good actor. He's got other guy. things going on. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. Um, Did you know he was in Elysium? Yeah. Love that movie. I know I, we talk about it all the time. We um, do, but I feel like both of those that dude's movies post District Nine got shat on too much. Yeah, right? I like Elysium and Chappie. They're both good. <clears throat> um. Um, and then so I believe we talked about it. Like the rumors from. A couple of months ago, it was actually, it cropped up before Star Wars Celebration because it was one of the things that people th thought might be actually announced at Star Wars Celebration was the possibility and the rumors of a live-action Obi-Wan uh, Disney Plus series. That's what I was hoping. So, you know, that's that's been talked about in a few different places now. You know, Jason making star wars even said like those rumors were legit but that it probably wasn't as far along as people thought and things like that so i kind of get the feeling that's probably the third season or third series that he's talking about uh and that would definitely be a mini series right like that's once again i don't know that you have enough story to tell with obi-wan on tatooine between three and four, you know, to uh, to fill out more than just a mini series of that, and that's what I, I mean. You technically have twenty years, right? Yeah, but also, I I kind of feel like <coughs> Obi Wan. Like, can Obi Wan be enticed into a mini series worth of an adventure on Tatooine, or you know, like what I'm, you know, what I'm saying, like while he's they're watching over Luke. I think so. But can he be on adventures and shit for 20 years straight? That doesn't really sit right with me. Because part of m at least my personal feeling about Obi-Wan on Tatooine is like his mission is to watch over Luke, commune with the Force, learn shit from like Obi-Wan and Yoda or whatever the hell he's doing. And like it's also sort of his version of exile, you know? like Yoda going on exile on Dagobah. So I if I just don't think it would feel right if he's just constantly up to shenanigans and adventures while he's on Tatooine. Cuz it makes sense. But one good really cool Obi-Wan miniseries adventure sign me up. Cuz I love some Obi-Wan and I would 
love to see Ewan back playing the character. Hunting and eating sand people. You think that's what he's, he's eating sand people? I don't know. I was just trying to be funny. Oh, my God. That would be brutal. That would be rough. Fucking Obi-Wan <laughs> turns cannibal. We gotta fill the freezer. It's like fucking uh, the hills they're have not, eyes in this piece. They're not people. They're sand people. They're monsters. And I hate them! They're monsters! Oh, man. I, no, I, I'm just kidding. You can't eat sand people. They are people. I don't know what... Obi-Wan's freezer's full of crate dragon and bantha something bantha steaks bantha steaks you go in there and that that'd be some big steaks um can you imagine though the fucking internet meltdown that i think i would be part of if the first episode of the obi-wan miniseries had obi-wan cannibalizing a tuscan raider no that would be intense like Holy shit. I would be like, yeah, I get it. I'm upset too, guys. We should all be upset about this. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a ton of other Star Wars news to talk about so far. Um, this week. I think the big news was... Well, then you're welcome for me livening it up with cannibalism. That uh, Will's always down to bring cannibalism to the party. Like, trust me, I've been at plenty of parties with Will, everybody standing around the table having some chips and some guac, having a couple of tasty beverages, and Will just pipes up with, what do you guys think about cannibalism? Donner, party of you guys. <laughs> That was good. That was good. <clears throat> that will be underrated, but that was a good joke, Will. Um, no, I would never eat anybody. Yeah, me neither. It makes you go crazy. <clears throat> well, eating, eating the people meat. You really threw me off with this cannibalism thing, man. I did, didn't I? Oh, man. Um, so I, I guess there's really only one place to go from here. I feel like I miss, I'm leaving out something. Well, I guess I was going to try and think of what else it could be if it's not the Obi-Wan series. But I'm awful at that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, because they can go any direction. You know, like Star Wars can throw you a... I hope it's an, a solo series that wraps up. Yeah, that would be cool. I Once again, that's another thing I would be way down with is like, um, you know, a continuation of the story that was set up in that, that movie that was cl clearly going to be continued in movie form. But that did not alas <laughs> alas that did not happen that did not go the way we thought it would there's something
you know, of course, my go-to is oh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett live-action miniseries. But I, I think that ship has sailed. I think they're so scared to do Boba Fett. Yeah. I want to, like, if I could... I think The Mandalorian is what they did instead. I think it is, too. I think it is, too, and, like, I can be stoked with that. You know what I mean? Like, There's no risk can't be greedy. I'm putting Boba Fett in there. It would be you cool, You remove the anticipation risk. It would be cool. Would be cool if old Boba just shows up unannounced. Like, if that's... And what it, if they pull him out in nine? I don't know, because... Okay, let's think about it. Boba is older than Luke and Leia, right? Definitely. He's a good few years older. Like 10 Which plus. means all of his gear and ships would be that bunch more badass. Yeah, not saying like... But, you know, at that point you would have like a 70-something-year-old Boba by the time of episode 9. If older, depending on like, <laughs> what if he passed the mantle to his son? Oh, I mean that would be cool too. I just uh, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Um, I would. Think I think Mandalorians will show up at somewhere or another in the current Star Wars eventually. You think? Yeah. Well, I think that's what the Mandalorian is for. You know, like. I don't know, maybe that'll plant the seeds of live-action Mandalorians that aren't Boba Fett or Jango Fett, even though they're not Mandalorians. I even know. though they're not Mandalorians. Um, uh, but I think it would... Um, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. It would still be cool? I don't know, man. I'm thrown off. I yeah, took, you are. I took a Respect fucking nap before we recorded tonight, and normally that has me like fucking ready to record and following, fall uh, like firing on all cylinders, like a nice pre-recording nap. And it has done the opposite tonight. You get the the post nap brain fog. I do, I do, and I'm trying to like break out of it, and it's not working. You've been doing pretty good so far. I'll say this: if I had no idea, if um. If Boba Fett were to show up in The Mandalorian, that is one of those things that I would hope I don't have spoiled for me beforehand. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of us. That's the kind of surprise, like, I want to be surprised for. I'm not expecting it to happen. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but if it were to happen, like, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know about it until that shit happens on, on screen. I can't really complain if he doesn't because we're getting fucking Pedro Pascal as a kick-ass Mandalorian in a, yeah, a we are. very kick-ass looking Mandalorian uh, set of armor. We're getting fucking IG-11, other bounty hunters like, oh man, when are they, six months from now? That's not that long. I can make that. Got lots like, of, yeah, you, you know how long you waited for episode seven? Yeah, I know. And I only got six months till the Mandalorian come back, comes out, and then that, and then only a month until episode nine. 
And I got some cool stuff happening that I'm excited about between now and then. New Tool album in August. Uh, I don't know. Other stuff. I'm excited about things. Let's do emails. Fuck. Brain fart city over here. Yeah, dear. Uh-uh. Built this city on brain farts, yeah. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty Cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead, Lou Herb, Cockhead, Hansberger, Cockhead, Will Witt, Cockhead, Goose Paint, Cockhead, G Money, Cockhead. Oh my goodness. You alright? <coughs> yep. Kitty got you fucked up. I sure did. Shit made my head hot. Alright. First up, we are gonna hear from fucking King Tom. Let's hear what King Tom has to say. I know what he'll wake my brain up. Hey there, Haws and Will. So I'm in this weird state right now with Rise of Skywalker where I'm trying not to think too much about it. Don't don't get me wrong, I am anxiously awaiting it. I want this movie. I want to live all the build-up, but I, I, I want to be surprised. I just don't want to think too much about it because then I start working on, like, headcanon stuff and what I want to see, and I don't really want to get into that. Like, I want to see this or I want to see that. But having said that, I'm going to weasel my way out of things here do you guys think there's gonna be a huge epic space battle in the rise of skywalker don't get me wrong i I think you know the force awakens had some a few great x-wing battles uh last jedi had the opening battle over to dakar which told a really good story but i'm talking something like we've seen rogue one or uh, the, the the Return of the Jedi or the um, Revenge of the Sith where you have a giant battle with capital ship against capital ship and starfighters and everything. And it just seems like if they were to have one in the sequel trilogy, now would be the time. And they did. we know that they had plans for something much larger in The Force Awakens with that big sledgehammer ship, but they didn't use that. And, you know, who knows if they filled the scenes, filmed the scenes with Leia, but they could always use that if they did, although it wouldn't be a surprise. But it just feels like they have so much ground to cover in The Rise of Skywalker. And what we know we're getting, and I haven't followed every spoiler, but what we know we're getting is going to be so huge. But at the same time, will they be able to fit in a giant space battle? But again, I'm trying not to think too much about it or say, oh, I want to see this or I want to see that. But I am curious to see what you guys think. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Ooh. 
I would think there's got to be, right? There's got to be a big fucking battle. Has to be. I mean, yeah. Um, so, as far, like, you know, in The Force Awakens, I really like when um, the Resistance shows up on um, Taco Donna, right? With... Uh, at Moscanada's Palace. Yeah, like that's really cool, and the X-wing dogfights and stuff there are really badass. Oh yeah, but the X-wing stuff at the end of the Force Awakens falls a little flat for me, to be completely honest. Like the the actual attack on Starkiller Base is not, um, you know, my favorite. It's not perilous enough, and it's not, and it's it's so quick and like. It's cool. Yeah, it sucks because I like Snap Wexley a lot. I like obviously Poe Dameron a lot. I like Jessica Pava a lot. Um, oh, I see where the power of Poe Dameron's death would have come from in that scene, right? Um, but you know, not you know, definitely way lower on my Star Wars like space battle hierarchy. Uh, the stuff at the beginning of The Last Jedi is incredible. Like Poe whipping around in that X-Wing, taking on that Dreadnought by himself. It's fucking tight. Oh, yeah. But once again, the actual space battle of it all is pretty quick. Also, not like not my favorite. The stuff with the A-Wings. And once again, you have Tally, who's really cool and the stuff with Paige and the bombers I really like, but it's not. As I said, the bombers are cool. I don't know right. if that counts as a space battle, but I would say it that does. Scene is... That scene is cool, but it's still not on the level of like what King Tom's talking about. A battle of Endor, uh, a battle of Scarif in right, Rogue One, right. or, uh, you know, the battle of Coruscant at the beginning of episode three. So I feel like that's one element we really need in this sequel trilogy. And I, I think this movie is the time to see that for sure. I would think, but we'll see. I agree. Um, all right. Next up we have a voicemail from Jabba the Hutt. Jabba okay. the Hutt with an H. It says, all right, here we go. All righty. We'll return, Hosmabuki. It is I, Jabba the Hutt, with an H. I know, I know. Some of you are probably thinking, well, how can that be Jabba the Hutt? Jabba the Hutt is dead. He was choked to death by Princess Leia. Bodo! I mean... What did her sleepo brother say? No one's ever really gone, right? So there, you can figure it out. And while we're on that topic, what the fuck was up with that episode 9 trailer? I mean, here I am watching the celebration livestream in my palace, talking on the finest spice in the outer room. And next thing I hear is that laugh. Oh, Sheev Palpatine? 
Are you fucking kidding me? That shriveled up, old overacting reptile? I mean, I know a better choice, and here's a hint. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Am I right? Talk about missed opportunities. But enough about that. I'm a big fan of the Blue Harvest podcast. And so I called in to ask you this question. Where are all the huts? Do you think we'll get some epic hot action in the Mandalorian? Because obviously, J.J. Abrams thinks his movies are too good for us. Last time I was in a movie, George Lucas filmed me napping during a pod race, and then he put it in the fucking movie. I mean, can we even get a little representation here? I can't even find a single henchman who speaks Hatties anymore. I haven't had to speak basic since Shadows of the Empire in 1996. <coughs> Anyways, let me know what you think. Oh, Carabast! Someone is jamming my transmission! We regret to inform you that your Holonet transmission has failed. Please try again later. Who is that? Who? Job of the Hut, who the fuck are you? That's that got, pretty good quality. That, that's got to be someone we know, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Who is that? That was a good quality. That was good quality. Um, dude, can you imagine if that episode nine trailer, instead of it ending with the Emperor's laugh, ended with Jabba's laugh? Oh, 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 oh. I would have got up. Oh, and, oh, oh. I would have got up and walked out. <laughs> I would have been like, well, I, I, I don't know how, but it cured me. I'm walking out of this place. I would have walked home from Chicago. What if it was a different hut? Oh, I guess. And okay. So regardless of that, he does bring up something that I would like to see in live action Star Wars again. And that is huts. Like, huts. yeah, there's supposedly, a, you know, a gangster faction throughout the galaxy, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're crime lords. I mean, I know we got old Medulla Oblongata the Hut. What was his name? Zero the Hut. Oh, he's a failure at life. <laughs> Dude, Jesse told me this story the other day. Might have been yesterday about when she lived in Texas. She overheard one of her neighbors trying to explain some song to somebody. And kept saying, get it? Medulla oblongata is your head. Your medulla oblongata is your head. Um, yeah, I'd like to see live action huts again. And be cool because you know, like, <laughs> with the... Uh, oh, the God. What? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Well, you could, you could help out a little here, Will. What's so funny? Nothing. You talking about the Mandula Bulgata. Um, 
and then moving right along. It was just hilarious. Uh, what I was going to say is, you know, it would be cool because the course they're taking with Star Wars currently, you would expect they'd probably do like a practical hut. It wouldn't be a CG hut. And it would be neat to see them bust out a giant hut puppet again. Yeah, for animated hut. Star Wars. Um, I'm telling you, heist movie. Credit heist. Yeah. Wonder. Maybe Solo did it, but I mean, still kind of not really. Yeah, I mean, Solo is definitely a heist movie. It definitely is. I think it falls on. And there's even a heist chunk in The Last Jedi. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a heist chunk in that. There's, I mean, fucking Rogue One has a heist element to it. Stealing the Death Star plans. True. Off of Scarif. So, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't know why, obviously, besides Zero the Hut and the Clone Wars, they haven't revisited huts in star wars i don't know if it's the opportunity hasn't come up or they haven't um, they even took the time to introduce us to another illegal faction the crimson dawn you know in in solo right and i think the crimson dawn was around i think that was around in the clone wars as well i think i think they were a thing and maybe not i can't remember I'm having a bad night, as far as my memory goes. I should have fucking drank an energy drink before this or something. A bang Uh, bang. Bang bang! Um. All right. Moving right along. Moving right along, somehow. Uh, We have one more voicemail, and then we'll jump into some emails. Our last voicemail is from Utah. Utah. Dougie. Dougie. Here we go. Here we go. And there we went. (laughs) Dougie. I was just curious to see your guys' opinion on, um, you know how the Marvel Universe has done a really good job with um, bringing all of their characters together for one giant event movie. You know, they did a good job with Captain America in the first one, and then he was frozen and, and brought in for the Avengers, and then Captain Marvel showed her origin story, and then she was gone, I guess, uh, spoilers. Um, she came back for the, the final battle. How would they do that with Star Wars? Um, is that possible? Is that something you'd like to see? And what characters would you like to see, either new or existing, to kind of make a Star Wars expanded universe type situation? Seems like that is the trend. I don't know if that would fit well in with Star Wars or how they would do that, but interesting to hear your thoughts. Um, Keep up the good work. Ignite the green. Clash the green. Bye. Hmm. What do you think, Will? Well, I don't know. I got to toss that right back to you. Uh, so what would we feel about like Star Wars taking like a Marvel movie route where they introduce single characters and then see, cause I feel like we've talked about this before as well. And we, 
what we talked about at the time was that I don't think Star Wars is necessarily built for that, but it's I don't think that it it couldn't pull it off. You know, it it could pull it off. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it could pull it off too. And like, how it, it's not really Star Wars' style. I also feel like, you know, um, Steel always talks about this, or you know, has recently talked about this. Is like. Star Wars are kind of ensemble movies, you know? Even when we got, like, a movie focused on... I agree. ...the earlier years of Han Solo, it was an ensemble movie. It was. So, a movie just focused on one single character, Marvel style, might feel a little odd at first. Um, but then again, like, it could also turn out to be really cool. It's um, kind of like one of those things that we've never had that much time, alone time with a character in Star Wars. Right. I don't know that we would know what to do with it. Yeah, and it, like, honestly, that, if the, uh, if the Obi-Wan miniseries does happen, I think that might be like our first taste of that. Maybe the Cassian series, but I also, like, we know... Alan Tudyk is coming back as K2SO in that, so maybe it will be a little more ensemble. But then again, ensemble. It could just focus like on the that. two of them ensemble. Um. So yeah, I I don't really know. Um. It would be interesting to see how they would go about that. It clearly doesn't seem like. That's in the cards for now. Because I feel like the most uh, obvious options for those three movies that we have announced is that that's either one single trilogy or that is two trilogies sort of like um, alternating. You know what I mean? With each other. So I don't know that either of those lend themselves to a single character focused thing. Um, And honestly, I think we might've been in store with, for something kind of like that with the Han Solo thing, because, you know, the rumors were that the, the movie after that was going to be sort of like a Tatooine, not necessarily a character focused movie, more like a, a location-focused movie, and it was going to be set on Tatooine, and Alden Ehrenreich as Chewie and or as, as Han and Chewie were going to be um, part of that story. Yeah. So to me, that makes me think like, <clears throat> you know, that was going to be the next step in that story, and then you know, who knows where like a third movie of that? Because so that seems like that might have been kind of what they were. That would have been awesome. Heading for, but I don't know. I don't really know, man. To me, that seems like it would be more likely to be something they did on Disney Plus rather than like in the theaters. Because, you know, it's become pretty clear that it looks like. Um, I mean, I, I guess this isn't necessarily the truth, but like. So they were talking about doing a Boba Fett movie. The Boba Fett movie gets canned because of 
the solo thing and what do we get instead a disney plus mandalorian series i know it's not boba fett but it's kind of boba fett it's it's super close right and then they were thinking about doing a live action obi-wan movie set in between episode three and four that doesn't look like it's happening, but what does look like it's happening is a Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. So it does kind of feel like that sort of format has been relegated to Disney Plus, which I think is fine. Um, at least we're still getting to see it. But yeah, it'll be interesting. To I see. wonder if there'll be commercials for the stuff that's on Disney Plus on regular cable. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I you know, I never watch regular cable anymore. So like, do they air commercials for like Stranger Things on regular cable? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah I think Netflix has commercials on cable and they have parts of their original programming in there. I think. Well, then I, I feel would, like I've seen it. I would imagine there would be then if uh if that's the case. I mean, that Disney marketing machine I imagine is going to be, you know, I could be totally wrong, but I feel like, yeah, you know, more than anything, I see ads on YouTube now. That's where I see my commercials. Yeah, that's true. And, um, and you know, I, I know I've seen like stranger things commercials or, you know, Netflix original commercials on there in the past. So I could see something like, did you, did you see the story today that like, Disney is basically taking over operations of Hulu. No, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, they got a, masto- a majority stake in Hulu when they bought Fox. So, when you say taking over operations, basically what does that mean? It wasn't being run well or they thought it could be run better. No, I don't think it's either one of those. I think it's just that they have, um, such, a, a big stake in it that, they're calling the shots you want to be if you want me to be completely honest with you right now will Witten, i saw the headline and didn't really read the article so i'm not exactly fucking sure on that one it does i make, appreciate your honesty <laughs> it does make me wonder if if that's the case and they're sort of like you know running hulu for lack of a better term will disney plus be an add-on option you know how like on Hulu you can get like Showtime, you can pay a few extra bucks a month on your uh, Hulu subscription price and add like Showtime and other like premium channels to your Hulu. I wonder right. if you'll be able to just roll your Disney Plus subscription into Hulu. And I wonder if that's how they'll make it accessible outside of the United States without having to have like a proprietary Disney Plus app. You know? Wow. Your brain. What? Nothing. You, you're just super smart. Super smart guy. Thanks, buddy, I guess. I don't know if that was true or if that was fucking like... Uh, I used the word proprietary and now I can't remember the word I was going to use. Was that like... Uh, <laughs> condescending is not the word I want to use, but... Uh, no, no, it sounded super smart and... All right. Your analysis sounded official. So we got some emails. (laughs) Let's go on to those. Uh, We got uh, Colton. Howdy, Halls and Will. Hope y'all are doing well. Y'all have got emails out the ass, but I'll add my two cents in this week. 
One of my favorite things about the prequels and the Clone Wars show is that for each Force user, they get a very identifiable fighting style that reflects their personality and strength. That decision makes for some sweet, heavy, stylized fights. The sequels have also brought this idea on board with the Luke Dodges Everything climax in The Last Jedi and the rough, untrained forest finale of The Force Awakens. The Rise of the Skywalker tri- uh, trailer gives us two awesome moments that continue this c- tradition. Uh, Ray clearing the TIE Interceptor and Kylo's metal-as-fuck bodying of that Knight of Ren. I'd love to see the final confrontation of the two show off their now more polished styles of brute force and hatred versus finesse and commitment to defense. There's not much of a question here, but I'd love to hear what y'all think about Kylo and Rey's styles and some of your favorite fights and styles in the greater Star Wars universe. As always, love the show and keep up the awesome work. Cheers, Colton. Well, first off, buddy, I don't think that's a Knight of Ren in the trailer. Well, Colton is a fellow lightsaber uh, style nerd like myself. Mm-hmm. I used to study the different lightsaber styles and techniques that were canon back before it changed. But yeah, I mean, definitely he's right. The prequel era, you get to see a lot of different Jedi and a lot of different mm-hmm. fighting styles. You know, that's really awesome. Really awesome. Because you don't really get to see fighting with Jedi powers, you know, except for the movies. Yeah, and I um, I really like, so far in the sequel trilogy, I like that it seems like it's a middle ground between the crazy flashing, or like flashy style of the prequels. And the more like grounded style of the original trilogy, it seems like that's it's what somewhere. I was gonna say. Yeah, I like Ray's basic attacks. Mm-hmm. You know, her her attacks are the attack of someone. You know, you know, making an attack and then trying to chain something together. And I like Kylo Ren's sort of rage berserkness. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell he knows what he's doing, but he's kind of showing off as he's doing it. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's got like some some neat little flourishes he does, especially in um, the Force Awakens. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think what I'd really like to see in Episode Nine. I hope they they give us like a nice meaty long lightsaber battle. Maybe not Anakin versus Obi Wan in Episode Three long. So that's like, that's a, like the longest in history, cinematic history, I think. It's like a 20-minute lightsaber battle. I'm not looking for one that long, but I, I would like something a little longer than uh, The Force Awakens. Um, and, you know. It's pretty quick, but I mean, it had to be. Um, <clears throat> Her inexperience with the lightsaber, she couldn't go very long. <laughs> right, right. I totally get the reason why, and, and I still like it. Like that's It's a really cool scene. I just... I would like to see what is supposedly going to be the final lightsaber duel of the nine episode saga. Like, give us a really cool one, you know? Like, absolutely. Send us out on a a real high note with that. Um, As far as favorite fighting styles, like, I really like Ahsoka's two lightsaber fighting style. Yeah. Um, 
I've really liked that. I've always liked the like dual wielding lightsaber idea ever since the first Knights of the Old Republic when you could do that with your character. Um, so I think that's really neat. Um, I really like Obi-Wan in the prequels. I think he's really badass. I think so too. <clears throat> I like, I like um, the Mace Windu Anakin Vapod um, fighting style. Mm. Yeah, I- I'm with you. I always thought it was kind of neat when they had the different like forms and styles before, yeah. but those those names could have used some work. Oh, they were awful. <laughs> Vapod. Vapod. Um, and the rest of them sounded, you know, way too Japanese. Not that there's anything wrong with that, just like for Star Wars. Right. It well, just didn't translate well. It, it makes sense because obviously, you know, right. Jedi are so samurai inspired. Right. But it's also a little, almost a little too real world or something, which is, I think, kind of what you're saying, right? Like it's yeah, it's just a little too heavy with the Japanese influence to be Star Warsy, right? Yeah, I can totally see that. <clears throat> All right, next up, we have an email from our buddy Willis. Ahoy, hoy! That's how he always starts his emails. Uh, ahoy, hoy! Do you think Star Wars might be taking a break to gear up? for focusing on a brand new era complete with movies, TV shows, and books. Disney Star Wars has been great for me, but I think there's some evidence that the non-linear timeline has proven confusing for casual fans. It's also easy to imagine Iger looking at the success of Marvel and deciding that the Force is strong with that one, Willis. Buddy, I think that is exactly what we're going to be seeing. Like, Agreed. We're talking about three years for them not just to develop, you know, the next trilogy or next two trilogies. That's what I'm hoping. Like, I'm still holding out hope that there's a Ryan Johnson trilogy somewhere in this formula. Because that's the one, like, regardless of what I think about Game of Thrones, the Ryan Johnson trilogy is the one I was more excited about. Um, right. But... so not only does that give them the chance to like sort of lay the groundwork, figure out the roadmap for the next trilogy or two trilogies, but also to sit down with, you know, Del Rey and Marvel and whoever has the video game license and the Disney plus people. And like, I feel like with a little bit more of like build up time and preparation time, because when you really look at how the sequel trilogy has come together, it was kind of hectic. Yeah, that's what I think. Right? Like, so Disney buys Star Wars in uh, 2012. They announced, you know, they're going to do a sequel trilogy. There's going to be spinoff movies. They announced that Michael Arndt is going to be writing um, episode seven off of George Lucas's outline. And then past that things get hectic they let michael arndt go they bring jj on jj starts filming harrison ford breaks his ankle on set or has his ankle broken on set or whatever the fuck you know there and it's just been hectic it it seems like episode eight was fairly uh calm in its production you didn't hear any real problems right you know it got turned in 
early. Like Ryan Johnson was done with the movie early. There was no big drama as far as having to fire a writer or a director. And then once JJ got brought on to episode nine, it seems like it's gone smoothly. But don't forget, we a director was fired on that who was also writing, you know. And JJ was brought on. He is uh, wrote the movie with Chris Terrio, and it seems like that was down to the wire. Like it seems like that came together fairly quickly. So I think s- some more lead up time. You know, knock on wood, everything going smoothly leading up to the next Star Wars trilogy yeah. will give them greater opportunities to do like tie-in stuff and really, especially if it's in a, in a new unexplored area of the galaxy and the timeline and stuff like right really do it up with the tie-in stuff that could be very exciting you know if we i agree like a year out if we start getting (coughs) books and comics related to whatever the next thing is going to be that could that's the one thing i'll say i think the hype train especially for like me personally is going to be at like a pretty high point three years from now you know like Leading into like having that little break, I think it strategically might be good for the franchise because I think it'll give people at least a little time to miss Star Wars. You know, we're not talking talking a 10 year break like in between episode three and episode seven, but a break nonetheless. And I I just people will be happy to see it once it's back. (laughs) I feel like unfortunately some of the tie-in material for the sequel trilogy has been a little hampered by the fact that they don't want to step on the toes of the upcoming movies you know yeah and there's definitely stuff that they can't explore because they don't want to spoil or conflict with something they're gonna do in an upcoming movie and i'm hoping that by setting a trilogy with all new characters, all new ships, all new designs and stuff that that frees them up to play around with that a little more. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> all right. We've got an email from our buddy Josh, AKA Billy Bob. Hey buddies, just finished the 201st episode. After listening to Hall's talk about the new master and Prentice novel, I wanted to tell Will, since he's the biggest Obi-Wan fan that I know of, that this book, even though I'm only about two or three chapters in, uh, has already made me a bigger Obi-Wan fan than I ever was. Oh, wow. There is this part at the beginning, and I don't want to give away too much, but Qui-Gon lets Obi-Wan off the hook on something, and what Obi-Wan says and how he reacts back to Qui-Gon, I don't know if it's just made me respect Obi-Wan even more than I already did. Uh, I even said aloud, Will needs to hear that part. Maybe he'll get the same thing out of it. Anyways, buddy, just wanted to stop by and say, hey, hope your week and weekend goes great, and may the force be with you both. Josh, P.S. Will, when you get time to read it, I highly recommend this book. I recommend it too, Will. I'm not done with it myself, but I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I'm going to have to check it out just for all the glowing reviews I'm getting. Yeah, and then I think it'd be fun to, to talk about a book. You know, absolutely. Honestly, Have some civilized conversation for yeah. once. Am I right? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I won't take a nap before it, or I don't know. Like, 
I need some caffeine before I do one next time. Yeah, I feel like I blew blew out a fuse in my brain the before this or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's all that YouTube drama we were talking about before it we blew, started. Recording. It blew your brain right out of your skull. No, it, it killed my brain. My brain was like, "Don't be talking about YouTube drama." YouTube drama. Really? Your brain went. Mur, mur, mur. <laughs> That's a good uh, Falcon not going in the hyperspace sound. Is that what you were going for? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Really good, buddy. All right. Next up, uh, this is our last email. We have one from our buddy Dave. Hey guys, belated congrats on the recent 200th milestone. With everything going on with Celebration Chicago and a busy life, I find it hard to make time to write in for a while. But I still still manage to enjoy every week. Thanks for that. And it was nice to run into Halls briefly at Celebration. Anyways, I was wondering which new movie series you were more looking forward to. Based solely on the creator's previous material and what little we can speculate about when the new films will be set. Are you more pumped for the Ryan Johnson or the Game of Thrones stuff? Dave and South Florida. Ryan Johnson. And I, I hate to be biased, you know, because you're gonna everyone's gonna say, Oh, you just say what Hall says, but no, honestly, Ryan Johnson. Buddy I, I'm I don't excited think excited for the you know I don't think anybody will think that because I think that's been our opinion since like this whole time. Yeah. True. And once again, I am going to go in to the David Benioff and D V Y Star Wars stuff with a completely open mind. I'm going to oh, go my. in wanting to love it, and I hope I do. Uh, but like I was such a fan of the last Jedi and Ryan Johnson, just as, as Ryan Johnson, that his was the one I was most excited for. And I hope it's still on the books. I hope it's still happening. Um, you and me both. If it's not, I just wish they would let us know so we could just know, you know, stop playing around with my emotions to me. I don't know. Like I go back and forth on it. Like, is the fact, because like I said, it's been talked about and rumored for a while that the Game of Thrones guys movie was going to be first. It was going to be for, before Ryan Johnson. So this announcement, you know, doesn't go against that and doesn't necessarily mean that Ryan Johnson isn't in the cards still. Right. <clears throat> but I also have to wonder, like, What's the deal with those three movies, 2022, 2024, and 2026? If that's not two separate trilogies, like alternating movies, then would Ryan Johnson really wait around till 2028, presumably, for his first movie? I wonder if they'll make them and then release them. I know that sounds weird, but I'm just curious. You know, just if they stagger the release of them anyway. Oh, you, I guess that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I guess I don't quite get what you mean. Like, go ahead so, and film them and have go them ahead in and the film can. them and have them in the can uh, and then release them. I don't know. Yeah. I, you wouldn't want to release them two years apart, but well, this is the thing: if it is alternating then isn't it going to be kind of weird to have a four-year gap in between trilogy movies? I know that's I feel only... like you're splitting the fan base. Right, and isn't that... I mean, I, I know that's only one year more than, say, like the original trilogy or the sequel tr or the prequel trilogy, 
which were three years apart, but it still seems kind of weird. And it would almost seem like... Talk about hard for non-fans to come into it. Right, right. I also feel like that would be weird for like the general public to keep track of. Like, you know, um, like Willis was saying in the email before, like the the weird timeline jumping around that they've done, like... I can see how that would be confusing to people that aren't hardcore Star Wars fans. So I feel like alternating a trilogy would be weird in that regard. Me too. So I, I just can't see now. Um, there's, you know, that's not to say obviously if Ryan Johnson's trilogy isn't on the cards until after the game of Thrones guys, then, you know, obviously that doesn't mean he's locked into only waiting around for his next shot at Star Wars. He's going to do other stuff. He's got another movie coming out this November called Knives Out, like Daniel Craig in it and stuff. Oh, wow. So, you know, he can work on other stuff. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't really know. At least I'm not the only one. And then you got to wonder, like, what if, and this is, I think this is a reach. I just, because, and I'll tell you why, but like, what if those aren't, those three movies aren't the only Star Wars movies. Those are just the only three they've announced now. And obviously I'm saying that because I want as many Star Wars movies as often as possible. But if that was the case, I don't know where the where they would release them otherwise because so okay let's say you know the first new Star Wars movie comes out in December 2022 right yeah there's not going to be a Star Wars movie in December of 23 because they don't want to compete with themselves in Avatar right so December's off the books I don't see them doing a Star Wars movie in May of 2023 because then you're just doing solo all over again. Putting a you Star don't Wars think they'll ever try to do a summer Star Wars? I think they will eventually. I think that eventually someone in either company, either Disney or Lucasfilm, will want to try and be the one that cracks the code on... Star Wars movies less than a year or two apart. I don't know that it'll be I, super soon. If I remember the special editions when they came out, I thought they came out in the summer. They could have been winter releases, but I thought they came out in the summer. No, they came out in the summer or spring and summer. They were like, you know, a month or a month and a half apart or something. Yeah. But that's a little different. You know, those were re-releases of movies people already knew. Um, but... So, like I'm saying, eventually, I feel like someone, because Bob Iger eventually is no longer going to be the head of Disney. He's going to step down eventually. Uh, Eventually, Kathleen Kennedy is going to step down from Lucasfilm. You know, people move on eventually. And I could see the new head of one of those companies being like, we should double up on Star Wars again. I think we know how to do it this time. Now, I think it'll be a while before we see that happen. But I do think it'll happen at some point. Um, That's good. That's good to hear you say. The question to me is, <clears throat> you know, 
if I don't know, man, it's just so weird. And I and I'm hoping that the answer is not that Ryan Johnson is just not doing Star Wars anymore. I hope that's not the answer too. And honestly, we've seen nothing to uh, make us think that, you know, we haven't seen them um, refuse to answer questions or the last thing Ryan Johnson said about it was, um, you know, that he was still working on it. And then just during um, Star Wars Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy um, commented on the Ryan Johnson thing. I actually have it pulled up. It was in an article by our buddy Anthony Bresnikan on uh, Entertainment Weekly. Um, let's see. Uh, I had it. Okay. Um, a new series of movies from The Last Jedi writer-director Ryan Johnson are still part of the plan as are new films from Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. In fact, she, meaning Kathleen Kennedy, revealed they are working in tandem. As they finish Game of Thrones, they're going to segue... Seg? 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 S-E-G-U-E? How do you say that? Segway. Segway. Into Star Wars, Kennedy said. They're working very closely with Ryan. So that's interesting, right? Um, Absolutely. So, I don't know, man. Makes me feel better. It makes me feel better. I just wish they... Like, I... I realize that they don't want to announce stuff until it's like finalized or like they're confident about it or whatever. But come on, man. Just let us know a little something. I'm not asking you to tell me everything, but there's questions we want answered. Answer us some damn questions. Please. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us this week. I'm going to take this old horse that is my brain out to pasture out to the glue factory yeah i'm headed to bed myself my brain is starting to slow down slow down well thanks for recording with me buddy thank you for recording with me uh guys if you like our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're stoned cobra you can find them on itunes spotify or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com uh, leave us a five star five star review on iTunes if you have it. <laughs> five star review. A five star on iTunes if you haven't already. And uh, until next week, when hopefully uh, my brain fog has lifted. You know it will be. I am Halls Burkhart, and I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>